everyone. Welcome to the Instant Creative Podcast. I'm Teresa Freitas, and joining us for our very first episode is Ana Davis and Daniel Rueda, who you might know on Instagram as Aniset and DR Cuerda. Ana and Daniel are a creative photography duo from Spain, and they make use of their background in architecture to tell us visual stories that are packed with ingenuity, precision, a dash of humor, and minimalism. Right. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for inviting us. So good to see you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you too. It's great to have you with me. Um, okay, so I wanted to start from the beginning of your journey on Instagram. Um, eight, seven years ago, you were both in architecture school at the time where you two met. And Anna, you were sharing a more diaristic style, maybe, also sharing some illustrations. While Daniel, you were dipping your toes into architectural photography. Mm -hmm. But both of you quickly started to explore that interaction of people in place that you're known for nowadays. So my question is, did you realize this was the type of images you wanted to invest in and create? And was it Instagram or how did Instagram allow you to discover and later pursue this new creative style? I think, yeah, really we were, each one of us were doing their own thing. I think I was, I, like you just said, I, I was really into the architecture photography thing because I was actually working for an architecture photographer. So that was actually my way of uh, like showing my interest and what I was learning with her, with Mariela, my, uh, you know, my master photographer. And, but when Anna and I started working together and taking pictures, together i think it was just something that happened very organically and we had no intentions to make this anything else rather than our just our hobby right yeah it's like it happens as um like a hobby we love to travel together and as architects we love visiting other buildings we were shooting a portrait let's say um of us in this different locations different countries But the main protagonist for us was also, was always the building, not us. <laughs> so of course we had selfies, but that was for for ourselves, not for uh, for Instagram. We've always understood understood like Instagram is like a gallery, mm -hmm. and we share our passion for uh, architecture with our friends. <laughs> the 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 great thing about Instagram, I think, is that we because both of us were already taking pictures just for the sake of it. But I think Instagram had something really cool. For us, at least, that it was we have to make something that is good enough because you're going to publish it. It's not like you're just making it for yourself. Someone is actually going to see this, even though at the time that was maybe like a 10 friends of ours. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that was something that was very key to us. The thing that we need to do something that it's good enough. And that is something that I, I think it's been with us to this day. Like we need to produce something that it's not just good for us, but for the world to see. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. That was always my approach to Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, what made Instagram so interesting at the time was that it made photography so democratic. I mean, something that was so expensive to pursue before was now something that almost anyone in the world could explore with a smartphone camera. And for people like you and me, it, it allowed us to discover new potential and develop work and even a career on top of it. Mm -hmm. And I know that you still work with architecture photography from time to time, and you always use illustration in your creative process. But do you ever miss, uh, maybe more in the beginning, the project side of architecture or not at all? 
I think, and I think I speak for the two of us, I think we don't miss it a bit because no. <laughs> I, I think architecture and we both, I think, really enjoy, you know, reading about it and seeing all the things that all these amazing architects are doing. But I, it's just such a long process and it's so difficult to actually, and I have so much respect for, for architects because of that. Like it takes so much work to have an idea of a project, of a building and have it made the way that you envision that, that it's crazy difficult. Like we, <laughs> the only thing that I will call a project is our house. And it's been such a nightmare and it was so simple what we had in mind, but you would never believe how much work it took to have it the way that it looks now that we're happy with it. So I can't even imagine building a hospital or a house for someone that it's not me. Yeah, totally. It's like we love interiors. We were really good students. We end up the, um, the university, I mean, the, um, our degree with uh, honors. She but says that every time. I don't know why. We, we don't need them. It's, it's the only way that I, I use it is just to say so, it. But, <laughs> the bragging rights. But that, that's it. It's, it's just we we don't miss it uh, nowadays it's it's funny because we still use the architectural software to create our images <laughs> so we know that without our degree of course we haven't met i mean because we met during mm -hmm. the studies and also because we love architecture our photography ended up being what it is right now so it's like we don't miss it but of course we are really happy that we took that path i also think that we are contributing to architecture a bit more by doing what we do now that if we were actually being architects, because maybe we were doing beautiful houses or beautiful projects for other people. Mm. But right now what we're doing, and at least I hope we're doing that, <laughs> is trying to share that passion that we have with people that didn't know about architecture. And I think that's more valuable and we at least feel like we're doing something much more interesting by doing this. Yeah, to, to me, it's very clear that you're still contributing to architecture because you're bringing an awareness that we should be more observant of the buildings that surround us, that they're worth visiting and taking a second look, but also that these buildings are worth preserving and be mm -hmm. taken care of. Um, so was it when you officially started working together as a duo, because you've been photographing each other almost since the beginning of Instagram, um, mm -hmm. was it then that you decided that it was time to put the um, architect career aside? I, I don't think so. I, I, I think there was also like not a very conscious decision. Like at the beginning, it was just something that we enjoyed doing during the weekend. And then we had our jobs. At, I was working at the university and Anna was in an architecture studio. But at some point we realized that we were, you know, enjoying more what we were doing together rather than the professional work we were doing. But also, and that is very decisive, you know, earning more money. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the key point to, okay, maybe my hobby is my job and my job is my hobby, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really difficult to decide when you are, when you have a boss and you have a stability to, to realize that what is your hobby, that it's bringing you happiness, it's actually also a job. And it took us quite some long time mm -hmm. to decide, okay, we are quitting because we also enjoyed our, our regular jobs. I was in an architectural studio with a big team. It was amazing. And I was working as a communications manager. So I was actually doing kind of the same. It's, it's not, mm -hmm. I was creating images. I was 
just trying to find a voice for this company. And I really liked it. But at some point, I realized that I had to work at nights for our own company, which at the time we didn't know it was a company. And yeah, when I realized, okay, I need a rest um, in the mornings when I'm working in the, in the, with my boss, I'm thinking of what I have to do at night. Mm-hmm. That that's not the the way that like you have to decide, and it always it's always scary, but it's the best decision we've ever done. Yeah, from the outside, I agree it was the best decision you ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and was it also something natural that you narrowed down the subject in your approach to photography? I mean, moving away from other styles you might also enjoy. For example, Daniel, when we met, um, you also enjoy taking photographs in the street, and Anna, you of course continue to have illustration very present in your life but was there a decision moment okay we need to focus on this style of photography from now on or did it remain consistent exactly because it is what you enjoy creating the most i i I think it's the latter because i think architecture and taking these type of images is something that that we are not looking for they just happen to us and especially at the at the very beginning I, I think maybe there was a little bit more confusion because I wanted to take, like you were just saying, mm. architecture images or street photography. And Anna was more into crazy ideas and doing funny things in uh, in front of the lens. But I think it was when we started, we started to combine those two that we realized that we had something special. But it was something that happened. Maybe Anna had a crazy idea and I was not very up for it because that was not my thing. But either way i'm just going to go along because i enjoy being with anna and this and the other way around and that's how we kind of fed into each other and it believe me this hasn't been an an easy thing because for me for example like i hated being in front of the camera and that's something that you know in 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 our projects and in in our concepts sometimes because of the image i have to be in front of the camera or it makes more sense for a male to be Mm. in front of the camera and for me, that was a huge thing. Like I hate it. And, and I know I, I, I gave Anna the hardest time because, <laughs> but you know, I, I learned from it and I think we pushed it. And now I feel much more comfortable, like, you know, having these type of conversations, for example, or being in front of the camera for an image. But for me, that has always been like a, like a huge struggle and something that I wouldn't be as comfortable as, as I am right now, if that weren't for, for, you know, for the images that we started making a few years ago, Anna and I. Well, I think that at the beginning, everything was more impulsive and mm. more like we have an idea and we had to do it. And right now it's more, of course, it's super planned. So Daniel already knows what he's going to do mm. <laughs> from the beginning and he's prepared. <laughs> so yeah, it, it took us some time to realize um, the strength of each other. And it was it was easy then to just go with the flow because Daniel is really um, rational and he's very uh, persistent and he always takes care of the images they have to look perfect and in my side I'm more like crazy and messy and I love to work with my hands so this is the kind of yin yang that works for us. That makes sense you complement each other like you said you recognize and focus on each of your strengths and let the other one work their magic with theirs. And Anna, you're very creative, and one of your strengths lies in illustration and painting. So I was curious, did photography come to you as a way to make the ideas you had for illustration 
come to life? Yeah, it's kind of tricky because obviously when we sketch the idea, it's already done. It's like it, it's like it, it already works. So I think that giving a second life to those sketches is something that makes our work what it is. Um, of course, um, I studied a master in design and illustration, and there, the first life was va- it was valid. I mean, the sketch or the um, or the drawing was already worth it. But right now, it's like all this process. I really enjoy the process of translating this sketch into real life. Um, my parents used to work as window dressers, and I've always seen them working with the hands and transforming like regular materials into extraordinary objects. And I think that's my favorite part. It takes us a lot of time and effort, but I really like seeing the sketch. And while I'm thinking about the idea, I'm already thinking the materials, the colors, how are we going to build this? And that's what I really like about our process to all the, um, yeah, all the crafty side. And at, at some point um, we are kind of building <laughs> as architects, we have our own plan and our own layout, and then we build something. That's definitely something very curious about your work. Like you mentioned, it exists in three different moments. So you start out by sketching the idea that pretty much looks like the final image already. Um, So you can understand the scale and types of props you'll need to create or source. Then when you're setting up the scene outside in the streets, since you do very little post-production and use Photoshop just to clean some edges, um, it's it's like a temporary art installation that some people that might be passing by uh, get to witness. And of course, the last moment when you share the final image on Instagram. So the fact that something you created, an idea comes to life in these three different moments, um, it's pretty amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I think that the second one is really funny because as you were saying, we build everything in front of the camera. So... And of course, we don't work in a studio. We work in the street with natural lights. And yeah, people see the image while we are shooting it. And it's really funny because sometimes it's kind of weird. Why are these two crazy people in the street just doing this? And I think it's funny seeing the reaction. Of course, we always try to work uh, early in the morning or on the weekends, because we don't like audience, actually, because in Spain, everybody loves to talk and to ask and they want to know. And we don't concentrate. It's, it's really interesting to see their reaction, but it's really hard to actually get the job done. But the thing is that nowadays, that is a particular aspect of our world that we are getting more and more interested in, because sometimes when we are doing one of these images involving an architecture element or some type of construction when we are done with the shooting and the setup of the whole thing we are like what if we just let it in there like what what if we just don't take it away because sometimes we i remember we did one there was one window in our university that we've seen many many times and we were always like there's something here we can do something with the, with this place and in that it ended up being like um we made like a gift just by adding like a paper ribbon red paper ribbon and everything was perfect because of the scale and we could make an image of us, you know, carrying that gift. And we we did it. We were like, you know, we could maybe, this is a piece of a street art. Why not let it be as it is? And 
for some reason, every time we do something these days, I'm like, I'm just thinking about maybe we just leave it there because I, I think it's interesting for other people to see not only if they follow our work, but if they just randomly see it in the street. Oh, that's funny because that's a window, but it's also something completely different. Maybe this door that I'm seeing later can be a completely different thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. trying to see how we can expand it. Not only that you can see it on the picture because some people understand, oh, but that's so that's Photoshop, obviously, right? Like no one would do that. But if you see it on the street, that's obviously real, right? Yeah, because that would add a new layer to your work where <laughs> it would keep existing outside of Instagram, even for a temporary moment. And since you intervene in the building, but it's not, in an intrusive way that doesn't leave any mm -hmm. damage to the building itself. Yeah, I'd love to see Anna and Daniel becoming a street artist duo as well. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually a question here from one of our patrons, Joanna, that somehow relates to what we were talking about. And Joanna asks, which is first for you, the idea or the architecture? Does architecture inspire your ideas or do you have an idea first and then you search for the right building for it? Also, how do you deal with people passing by, cars? Do you take your time or do you have to rush sometimes? It goes both ways. Like the first question, we are always looking for both of those things, like ideas that need a location to be, you know, explored in. But we are also looking for locations that have something special that, you know, with an idea or with a concept could really shine on their own, right? So we have those two things always in mind and then when we have you know an idea for a place or a place for an idea then we have a moment like then we can start working but we have so many places that we just don't know what to do yet like that idea that i just told you about the gift and the window in our university you know we've been studying there for six years we've oh, entered, or eight or eight <laughs> and we ended up studying three four years ago even five so that's been almost a decade in the making because we had no idea what to make there. And there are many examples uh, like that and the other way around. Some ideas that, you know, it, it would be very cool if we had this type of location for this idea, but there's no way we are finding this in Spain. Yeah, so the thing is that we are always on the lookout. We are always scouting locations. And when we are walking around, we, we see things that mm -hmm. for us, our potential to tell a story, but we don't have the story yet because we didn't have an idea. But sometimes we have ideas because we are thinking of a concept or there's like a special um, occasion. There's something that triggers our our ideas. Mm -hmm. And so as Daniel was saying, it, it works um, both ways. And Joanna also had another question that was related to we rush, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> we have, I mean, of course, there's a lot of planning in what we do, but the fact that we are working outdoors, that we are working in the street makes it really difficult because we, you have to plan the light. You have to not only scout the locations, but check for the perfect light. And sometimes that light only lasts like a few hours hmm. or minutes. <laughs> So, yeah, sometimes we have to rush to get the perfect image with the perfect light. Because, for example, the location we we love um, has a really strong light during the whole day. And you have to wait till the afternoon. And, well, with cars, we, we can't do anything with cars and mm -hmm. people. So, 
what we try to do is always shoot when um, we think we are going to be more relaxed and the light is perfect. We also try to be very open and very honest about what we do. In the, in, and what I mean by that is we are always trying to, when we see someone that maybe they are the owner of the building because it's their house or maybe it's, and we didn't know about it, of course, if we knew we would ask for permission or maybe it's the building where they have their company or something and they go outside and they see it. I know that it's weird, but we always explain, you know, it's just paper. It's very easy to move out. We are just going to make an image. We have this drawing. We try to explain it very carefully. So it's not like when they see us, we run away because we are, <laughs> you know, because we are some kind of uh, burglar or something. No, we are not ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Not criminals, exactly. Yeah, not yeah. criminals, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Manuel asks, um, I'd love to know which city have you visited that inspired you the most for your work? And I'm thinking if it's maybe Valencia right now, because Manuel also <laughs> asks, how did you manage to photograph during lockdown and how was that like for you creatively? Cities that inspired us. I, I think Germany has been the country that really spoke to us, to us because it's so, I, I think that city was made for us, that the, the cities in Germany, everything is so well designed and everything is so rational everything's so clean not only in terms of design which also but like the city like everything is perfectly neat well, and I, I, people are not going to ask you what are you doing like they just you know do whatever <laughs> you're doing well that, that doesn't happen in spain they want yeah. to know but um the city that inspires us the most uh of course the, we still need to travel a lot when we when we are able to mm. But we love um, big uh, constructions like museums or we enjoy we really enjoy big facades with um, like unique patterns. And of course, the, the last trip we did was Amsterdam and mm -hmm. it was really inspiring too. So, yeah, I mean, for us, I don't think there's a, like a city, but architecture around so if they have good projects it's like it's like disneyland for us the, the interesting thing about what we do is that we are both um interested in you know the big projects and the big scale and those projects that are unique to each place like you can only take pictures of the eiffel tower if you are in paris so you need to go there to grab that creative image but at the same time, we're also interested in the in the mundane, like the things you see every day, like a random wall or like a random door or a window. And those things you can find literally anywhere. So it's like we really enjoy both of those things. So we can create something that is special in a very common other way. And then we are also interested in doing something very special in a building that is brand new and it's crazy design or something mm. like that. Yeah, that, that mundane um, elements, it's what we've explored during these days in mm -hmm. Valencia, because at some point you are tourists in your own city. Of course, you know your city. Of course, you you walk around every day. But when you start to think, to see the city in, in different eyes, for us, it was Valencia, because of course, we've been really busy these past few uh, years. And right now we are here so this is our playground this is what we have now and this is what we because of the pandemic because of the pandemic of mm -hmm. course and you start seeing a lot of possibilities uh corners you you didn't saw like before like elements that are really really unique but because you were not paying attention yeah you took them for granted yeah, yeah. you took them yeah. for granted so 
Yeah, I, th I think there are so a few images that we've done during during the lockdown that because we don't have anything else to shoot that we can travel, we actually make them and we really enjoy those. Yeah, and also uh, we were mentioning that we get inspired by architecture, but also we start from concepts. The pandemic for us, it's something that um, it's historical. It's something that we are all experiencing. And it gave us also some ideas. We wanted to have an approach that was different. Of course, it's not something good. It's something that it's affecting a lot of us. But we wanted to just talk about it with another perspective. So we created a couple of images that were mm, talking about... COVID-inspired. Yeah, COVID-inspired, <laughs> um, that we were um, creating visuals for uh, travel restrictions or just staying at home or... Mm -hmm. <laughs> the importance of wearing a mask. Yeah, and also the, the, the at the beginning, this crazy... Mm, reaction we all had like like hoarding pay, to toilet paper mm. <laughs> so it it we get inspired by everything so we always try to to give it like a positive approach but even the pandemic was something that uh, helped us to create yeah yeah that's something i definitely noticed um in your work is that you um like to stay relevant with what what's happening in the world and not only did you cover made it some visual stories about uh, COVID. You also did like a, a visual story about GameStop and their stocks, for example. So I see that's important for you to create a, what's happening at the moment as well. And, and like you said, uh, not only do you create images that approach a subject with humor and positive feel, you also pair them with funny captions where you use a lot of puns. And is that something that you look for in your body of work, that, that sense of positivity and what do you hope people feel when looking at your images? Yeah, totally. I, I think there are many ways in which photography can tell stories. And, and I think photography is very comfortable telling, you know, reality. And reality is obviously sometimes grim and dark and things happen and that's just life. But I think it's, for us at least, it's far more interesting to look for the brighter side. And, you know, that's... Sometimes it's it's tough. I mean, the pandemic has been really hard on us. It's been difficult to be not being able to travel, not being able to work and not being able to see your family. So, you know, finding the positive aspect of everything is not always the easiest, but someone has to do it. And I'm not talking about, I'm not the savior <laughs> of the world, but what I'm talking about is that people need to produce, you know, uh, you know, um, positive content for movies or for series or for books or, or podcasts, something interesting to watch or listen, but also to see. Yeah. And I also believe during this pandemic, we've realized that, that culture and art is super important. Hmm. And the magic of art is that it really affects people. Right? It's, it's all about emotions. And we believe that art can also impact you in a positive way and make you feel better so i'm, I'm really positive i'm the, mm. <laughs> i'm always like happy or at least i try to of course i have my days <laughs> but i really like to to show um like a positive view of what's going on and to cheer people like look i mean you can see the world in two different um perspectives and if you choose the positive one i think it's 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 always more interesting for me. 
yeah, after all this time, it still feels like you're creating for yourselves first and only after for others. I mean, it looks like you, you're really having fun doing what you do and you want to share that feeling with others, even though, like you said, Anna, um, not everything is positive every time, but you choose to share and focus on that positivity through your work. Um, so let me jump back to Patreon. Uh, Ricardo asks, how did being featured in Forbes 30 Under 30 influence your work? And do you feel any extra responsibility because of it? <laughs> well, I think it really showed that we are getting older. That's the first thing, because being <laughs> 30 Under 30, you know, when we were 29, it was like, woof, you know, like that was close. <laughs> but I, I think we tried not to have it go into our heads too much because it was like a huge honor, something really positive and, and it impacted our, you know, the thing, um, how some people understood our work. But every time we get some sort of recognition, we try not to think too much about it because you know, at the end of the day, what we are interested in is in making these images, telling these stories and having people enjoy those. So I think concentrating too much, uh, if we are a Hasselblad ambassador or a Forbes 30 under 30, it really doesn't, it's not that important because at the end of the day, I'm 30 now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not 30 under 30 now. So <laughs> is that not relevant anymore? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> For, for us, of course, it was because we, we haven't said that, but uh, the pandemic last year, the lockdown in Spain started the 14th of March and we received this new the the 18th of March. The Forbes announcement. The Forbes announcement. So it was four days after we were locked at home. We didn't know how to how to react. Like at first, we of <laughs> course, we woke up because the, the news comes from the States and we couldn't believe it. Like, okay, this is like a joke. We, we have like different faces just trying to understand like, is it real? Is it not? What, what have, I mean, yeah. it was. <laughs> let, let, let's celebrate. Oh, right. The pandemic. Like, okay. we, we can't go out. <laughs> it, it was like, okay, should we say, should we not say it? At the first, we didn't know what to do. It's like, I mean, who cares? I mean, there's a yeah. pandemic outside. Who cares if we are forced or not? Yeah. So at the beginning, we, we took it sometimes to say, okay, let's, let's announce it because we were happy but not it was like it was really difficult to to deal with this uh, emotion but again as as Daniel was saying it's just like a recognition and we understand that we have to keep on working because if not it doesn't make sense yeah, of course. <laughs> so no it, it it doesn't affect of course it, it's a kind of um positive sign that what you are doing uh, matters or, or has some impact and we really appreciate it but um, there's a lot of work that we have to still do. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Of, uh, I mean, recognitions are great, of course, since, like you said, it's a good sign that your work is having a positive impact on people. But then you have to think about the next image you need to create. And exactly. that kind of washes away very quickly. Okay, so Ricardo also asks, what place would you like to photograph that you haven't been to yet? Hmm. You know, right now, anywhere in the world. <laughs> it's been so long since since the last time that we took a plane or a train to go somewhere that... Yeah, it's like um, last summer we, we were saying maybe we can we, we, we can go to Lisbon because it's not that far. And because we, we have some, some ideas there, of course. It's like 
the whole world is so inspiring and we had the, the, the pleasure to visit countries with a totally different culture and architecture and it's really inspiring. Sometimes you don't realize that you, you are so inspired by, by something until you are there and you, you are in front of this architecture. So, yeah, I mean, right now it's like there's a long list of just cities. just to name one, the Vitra campus. I don't know if you're familiar with that project. No, I don't like, think so. That one, that one would be very cool. It's a Vitra. It's a furniture brand. They're a really cool brand and they have like a campus and every building was uh, designed by a different well-known uh, architect. So. For example, that yeah. one would be really cool. That could be like Disneyland for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, related to that, Monica simply asks, who is your favorite architect? Ooh, Ooh. that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we, we have a few favorites. Yeah. For me, in my heart, there's always a special one. His name is Fran Silvestre, Architectos, the team. They are from Valencia. Um, and I actually did my master's with them. And they have an approach to architecture and design that it really relates to what we're doing. Like the approach is minimal, but everything is very neatly taken care of and everything it looks perfect. And because of the relationship I have with the team, like for me, it's so special when I see that they have this huge success. So I also thought you were going to say Pawson. <laughs> oh yeah, but I don't know John Pawson. So. <laughs> <Personally>. <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, I mean... Um, but for example, John Pauson and Franz Silvestre, they have the same kind mm. of aesthetic values. And also CISA, it's also, mm. it's it's really uh, yeah, Franz, inspired. Franz Silvestre uh, did an intern or worked for CISA at some point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And also for us, because um, it's really inspiring, Ricardo Bofield, mm. he's a, like an architect um, from Catalonia, for Catalonia. And well, it's like he has a mind that it's crazy when you are in in, in the building that um, the team desi designs. It's like crazy. The colors is like, oof, it it blows your mind. There is also I, I'm going to name the last one. I promise the <laughs> big architects, the Bianca Ingels uh, team of architects. I think they have a really interesting approach to architecture in a way that it's not very common. I think they work. Um, like some architects, they try to fix a problem and that's about it, which is already enough. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But I think that what they make special is that they have an idea or a concept or something that is really unique and special. And they have that idea from the very beginning. For example, they are inspired by the infinity shape or icon, right? Mm -hmm. And they make a building out of that shape let's say, and they bring that idea to a term that anyone can actually understand that. It's not like they, you need someone to be there to explain, you know, this building was <laughs> inspired by this thing. No, you actually see it. It's like, I think they have a very... Um, Direct you know, and literal approach to yeah. the concept they're taking yeah, inspiration that, from. Yeah, and that it's something that we really, really appreciate. Yeah, I can see that that could have an influence in, in your work as well and yeah. your minimalistic approach which is to use only the necessary visual elements to create a story or the message you want to share um, and, and 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 i know you, you you mentioned your parents were window dressers and that influenced you very much creatively also that arts and craft sides you have and daniel did someone in your family inspired you to pursue architecture or photography even or was it more 
of that experience with Franz Sylvester, for example, that allowed you to to discover that passion? Interesting question. <laughs> I, my my father works as a mechanical, uh, an airplane mechanic. So yeah, no architects running the family. <laughs> That's why you have to travel, yeah. maybe. <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure about that, but okay. <laughs> the thing is, I think what I what I really learned from my family and from him especially is that he was always a perfectionist and he was always a, a perfectionist in everything that he did. Like, you know, obviously if you're working with that type of machines, you need to be really careful and, you know, really take note of everything that you're doing. And that's something that I didn't appreciate when I was younger because he was always like, you need to be more careful. You need to take attention to what you're doing and all of these things. And I was, was, and I always was really annoyed by that. But I think that more and more these days, I kind of similar to him. Like I like to do things my way. Uh, I want to make everything perfect. And that's really yes. the, the spirit of, of, of my father <laughs> right into me. And yeah, maybe Franz Silvestre, because I, I knew of him when I was finishing architecture and then I did my master's and I worked with him. I think he really inspired me into you know, the way of doing things, like it's really important to be as good as possible. And that's something that to this day, I, I always think about, like, we need to be the best at what we do mm. or try to be. <laughs> that that clearly shows um, quality is never compromised in your work and whether someone might relate to it or not in terms of their personal taste, it's um, you recognize the amount of care and attention to detail that you both put into one image and the focus on the craft, and especially now that you've been sharing the behind the scenes and people can actually be more aware of how your minimal approach relies in that final moment when you put everything together and capture it. So, okay, last set of questions. Um, Beatriz asks, how do you choose your color palettes? Where do you find inspiration? I think we already covered that a little bit, but if you want to, to add something, you can. And your favorite movies. Okay. Mm. Maybe you take the one from the color palette. Well, the color palette. Um, <laughs> we know our work is quite literal. So, uh, of course, when we are working in the sketch, we are designing the colors. And we always try to use uh, palettes that make sense for the concept, that makes the concept powerful, let's say. And also, because we are let's say minimalists uh, we try to use the less elements possible in the image because we think that if you are trying to tell a story you don't have to use ornaments or uh, things that distract the, the the people that is reading the story so using the less colors possible just choosing the right the right ones for us makes sense so if it's a heart, it has to be red, let's say, or if it's a flower for, for a, the, our last image was a daisy. So we, we said, okay, it's white and yellow, that's it. And this is how we decided our colors. Of course, I used to paint a lot. So I kind of have like, um, like a taste for colors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I really like to, to decide the colors of our images and how I, I kind of feel how if, for me, they look good or not together. And this is something that I, I don't know, I learned. I think that you can, of course, teach your eye and working with colors. And because I used to paint, I love to decide which colors um, I'm going to choose because we know 
how they work together. Mm, yeah, this is the point where we separate completely because I have no idea when she's when she's looking at colors we are about to use when we you know when we are looking for the location or we are deciding uh, the color of the outfits or the props and she's looking at a color uh, it needs more green and I'm looking at <laughs> a at green, a purple like... at, at a purple color and I what are you talking about like I don't see it for me it's completely bogus like he I have no idea. Understand of course I mean. Because I used to paint, I, I see, of course, if it's more uh, warm or, or cold and I see if a color is like it has more yellow or it has more blue. I mean, so for me, it's like obvious. And that's why I'm deciding the props and the colors and the paints and everything we use because yeah. he can't see it. Yeah, which is strange. Yeah, the funny thing is why you don't understand that I don't see it when, when you're in front of the computer, you're like... <laughs> Oh, Daniel, I need help. How can I do this? And it's just, okay. oh, yeah, you just need to close it and open it. That was it. <laughs> so, you know, everyone has their thing. Yeah. So, we, you know, I mean, Daniel is the tech part and I'm the crafty part. And mm. yeah. that's what we do. I mean, we don't cross borders. No. <laughs> uh, the inspiration question, I mean, we already uh, established that it comes from many different places, mm -hmm. architecture, concepts, relevant subjects that are happening at the moment even when you work with brands you will have probably a brief that you need to get inspiration from and that starts from there yeah so um movies favorite movies yeah so the thing is that i don't think we have a favorite movie because we watch too many of them i think that's something i don't really read too many books anna reads a lot more books i don't really read books at all <laughs> but we both go to the cinema you know at least once a week which I think it's good enough. And then we always are watching Netflix and HBO and whatnot. Like, so, all, we have all the platforms. I mean, yeah. don't start mentioning them because but we, we have we all, all of them. We all do. We all do. But <laughs> yes. I, I can recommend you the last two movies we went to watch and we, we liked, which were Nomadland. Yeah. That one was really cool. And the, like, like the soundtrack was really, really good. And then Minari. Those two are in the theaters right now, I think, at least in Spain. So I don't know, depends on when you're listening. Yeah. But those are really, really cool movies. That's something we really missed during the pandemic, oh, not yeah. being able to go to the movies. That sucked. We really enjoy being there. It's just with the big screen, you are inside the story and you don't think, I mean, you are, you are part of the story and we like it. So that's, these ones are the last movies we had the chance to to watch here in mm. Spain. We can't eat popcorn yet in the, in the movies, but, you know, we will get there. there. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> and are movies something you get inspiration from? The colors or stories, maybe? There, there is something that I think it's it's interesting, at least to us, related to movies, is that I think we are not so much inspired by the movies that we watch these days, like the, like the contemporary movies, let's say, even though we obviously love going to the movies, but I think the movies from an old age, like from the... Yeah, the, like the silent movies for us are yeah. super inspiring. But also the type of silent movies in which there was no way that you could tell the story if you could not see it because you had no time to explain it with words, even though you had titles and whatnot. But you had those actors like Pastor and Keaton. Yeah, and, yeah or Chaplin. It's like yeah. these actors were able to tell stories just with their uh, face expressions. Yeah, with and no sound. 
and that for us is really inspiring because we try to tell a story with one single frame. Of course, they have they have many, <laughs> but still, um, for us, they are genius because they make you laugh. And it's just a story told with frames of movement, but you don't hear anything. And the expression, the the pose, the it's everything is brilliant. Yeah, that, that's something that we take into account when we are drawing and sketching and taking the shot. We are very precise about the pose and the scale and everything because we look at the drawings that we are that Anna is making and we are is it obvious like can you understand that she is you know waiting you because it's not that simple you need to be in a certain position that your brain understand in one single because when you see that on a video it's very simple okay she's running obviously because you see the legs moving but if that's an image you need a very particular uh, pose to understand that. Mm -hmm. And that's something we grab from these island movies in which when you see the expression on the face or you see how, um, how they are, um, I don't know, moving their body, mm -hmm. everything matters. And in, we try to, you know, in our work, we try to have everything being important. That's so interesting because it's not something I had thought about before. But now that you mention it, I can definitely appreciate how you actually use poses and, and facial expressions to enhance the mm -hmm. images concept. Um, so yeah, I think last question for me. I know you have an exciting project coming soon. You're launching, you're working on something. Could you share a little bit more about it? Which one should we? <laughs> well, the thing is, yeah, there, there are many things we can talk about, especially in COVID times, because, you know, everything can explode at any yeah. time. But the, the thing we are most excited about is the creation of our first book, because it's something we've been working on, I feel like, forever. <laughs> and this pandemic time allowed us to have a, a little bit more time in our hands. And we've partnered up with a great publishing house, and we are very excited about it. I think we cannot wait to to share it and have it out. Yeah, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> That's perfect. I'll keep an eye on it and I'm sure I'll get it as soon as it comes <laughs> out. Um, and yeah, I think we can end it like that. And thank you so much for taking the time for being here and really appreciate it and can't thank you enough and can't wait to see what image you create next. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. <laughs>